listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. Well, my message today is on the title of Unshakable Faith. Um, how many of you have ever been tested before? Maybe you've been tested in some form or fashion. If you've gone through school, you've been tested, right? Uh, whether it's, it's, it's in the academic field or maybe it's on the job, you've been tested for certain various tasks. Um, for the most part, I would think in my own life, and probably it would apply for your lives, that when we have a test that we want to do well in that, we want to succeed, we want to pass that test. Uh, as a father, I want to know that my testing, the things that come upon my life, I, I, I want to excel in that. As a father, um, I want to be the best father that I can be. As a husband, I want to pass the test that might come into my life as a husband to my wife. As a leader within certain areas of my leadership, I want to pass those tests that come along uh, in my direction as well. And so in life, we want to success or have success in these testing areas. Now, I enjoy the sport of football. Growing up, I love football. I love playing football. Um, you may not see it now, but there was an athlete at one time in this shell. This shell is, is, is aged. Um, the back is not the same, the, the neck is not the same, you know, the mass is not the same. No, it's, they was never there in the first place. Um, but no, I, I, this, the shell of what I used to be, I used to be a decent athlete. I used to enjoy running around, playing, and, and testing my skills against the other skills of the people on my team and the various teams that we would play. And, and now football, I love the practicing aspect of it. I love just, just going and, and the challenge that it had for me. And um, I also love the aspect of hitting one another on the football field. I love the opportunity of just getting a good hit on one of the players. And uh, uh, my team shared that same love and passion. So we actually would have competitions within our practices, within our games of who could hit whom the hardest. We would have competitions saying, I hit such and such harder than anybody else on this game today. And honestly, our practices were more fierce than our actual games. And so this, this, this rivalry uh, would, would take place. And one of those individuals that we had a great relationship, uh, we were good friends. His name is Eric. He was one of our running backs. But Eric was built a little different than I was. Eric was a little faster than me. Um, Eric was a tank. He was just solid. He was just one of those individuals, even at 15, 16 years, years old, he was just a muscle-bound individual. And as we're lining up and we're kind of evaluating the, the tackling process and the drill that we're about to go through, I can do math fairly well. And I'm looking and I'm counting who my opponent is. Because if you ever play football and you're about to go against individuals, you count because you want to know who you're about to engage with. So I'm kind of hyping myself up and I'm, I'm counting and I see that it falls on Eric. And I'm like, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And he, we kind of lock eyes and we kind of gauge what's taking place and we understand what's about to take 
uh, 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 place here on the field. And so uh, sure enough, we get our places. We're, we're doing this, this tackling skill where the running back is now going to run through uh, one of these few holes. And, and it's my job to push off the blocker and engage the running back in this hole. And so sure enough, we get in our place. You know, I'm ready. Uh, the whistle is blown. Uh, uh, Eric is, I see him kind of moving. I want to see engage which hole he's coming through. My block is on me. I shuck my block and then I thus engage Eric. I sh- uh, square up my shoulders. I give all my effort and energy into that. And then I don't really know what happened next. <laughs> but I do know I learned some physics on that day because the mass plus velocity equaled the momentum that Eric had and his momentum far exceeded my own momentum. And I wake up as I am in the air. Eric is over me and only by the grace of God that I was able to grab a handful of jersey and bring him down on top of me. And to this day, if I'm sure if he was in this building, he would still let me know that he got the better of me on that moment. I tested my skills, and yet they were not quite up to par that I would have liked them to have been. We are all tested in some form or fashion, and the last couple years have been a test for us. These last couple of years, we've all gone through some things. Uh, our schedules, our routines have changed. And I don't know about you, but I'm an individual that likes my routine. I, I, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. I, could, I, could do, I like doing this at a certain time, this at a certain time, doing these things. And you, miss, you, you, you mix that up and you change it around on me. I, I'm not too, too happy, but our schedules have been changed. Our interactions with people has changed from handshake to hand, you know, fist bump. to now you just kind of give the nod and be like, what's going on? What's going on? Right? The, the interactions have changed, uh, changed, some jobs were lost. Toilet paper was in short supply. And you know who you are. Shame on you. <laughs> However, if we ever get in short supply again and you're hoarding it, give me a call. Because I need you to look out for me because um, old Bounty, the quicker picker up, he, he did his business, but you know... It, it wasn't the same, you know what I'm saying? You know, it didn't feel the same. Fear was rampant in our lives. And unfortunately, unfortunately, some lives were lost. And that was on top of all of the normal stresses and routines of our everyday lives. And when it seemed like the dust had settled, things started getting back to normal. And you started looking around. It was then that you noticed that some people were missing. Some people's faith was not able to withstand some of the testings and some of the trials and some of the tribulations that have come into their lives. Their faith just wasn't strong enough. And I want to ask you this question getting into our message. Is your faith strong enough to withstand whatever comes your way? Is your faith strong enough to withstand whatever comes your way? Now, do we have any people here that enjoy to torture themselves by working out? People that enjoy themselves working out, all right. Um, some of you are like, I don't want to raise my hand because I don't want people to judge me. I'm not going to judge you. This is my area, my mindset of working out. As After the sun sets, me and my family, we get on the golf cart. 
and we ride around the neighborhood. That is, that is our exercise. We watch everybody else walk and, and jog and do that. And we're like, bless them, Lord. Bless them, Lord. Um, and then we just stroll on by, right? That's, that's our area of exercise. But no, if, if one goes to the gym to lift weights, they are experiencing a burden with a purpose. You experience a burden with purpose. You place weights on you to develop you to what? Build muscle. Now, if someone were to take those same weights that you are using to build muscle, and then they hit you with that weight, it's the same weight, it, it, but it's a different process. You experience pain, but it's a different pain. One pain is to develop you. The other pain is to harm you. God allows trials and tribulations in our lives of the believer to develop us. I'm going to say it again. God allows trials. He allows tribulations. He allows things into our lives, not to destroy us, but yet to develop us. Satan, however, brings trials and tribulations into our lives so that we may be destroyed because of them. So, so God brings things into our lives so that we can be built up. Satan brings things into our lives so we could be destroyed. And sometimes they're the same event. These trials can help develop the spiritual muscles, giving us stamina and endurance to stay the course. James, the half-brother of Jesus, kind of puts it like this in James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work for you that you may mature and be complete, not lacking anything. Now, if you go and read the message, I, I, I kind of tend to like how the message says it. It's, it's, it's a little less, it's more abrupt, I will say this. It's, it's a little more piercing. It says this, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when the tests and challenges come from all sides. Now, I'm not sure about you, but I'm not sure that the challenges in my life, the, the trials that come in my life, the stresses in my life, the worries of my life, I'm not sure that I would put them on the pedestal and then categorize, uh, categorize those as gifts. For me, a gift is something that I could open up, I can look at, I, I can enjoy it, I might be able to eat it, all right? Uh, it's something that is beneficial, it's something that is, is something that is enjoyable. Now, when we think of trials and tribulations and stresses and worries, a lot of those times we, we don't put the label of something that is enjoyable on those things. No, a lot of times we'll put a different type of label on those. We'll put the label of, I'm being cursed, right? We'll, we'll put a label of, I'm experiencing some bad luck. We'll, we'll, we'll put a label on it that the, the enemy, these are attacks from the enemy, when in truth, it can be a gift from God. I don't have this on the screen, but James uh, uh, verse seven, chapter 1, verse 17, it says this. Every good gift and every perfect, perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father. I think what we need to do as, as believers, as followers of Christ, um, we need to start looking at some of these trials, some of these tribulations, some of the things that are coming into our lives, not as curses, not as, as attacks, but we look at them as gifts, opportunities that God has given to us. James uh, 1, continuing verse 3, it says, You know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. 
And if we'll be honest, that's scary. That is scary. There's probably nothing more than we want here that our faith is exposed for everyone in this building to see. Because we, we, could, we could put on a good face. We could dress the part. We could lift our hands during worship. We could get excited. We could, we could volunteer. We could do certain things. But when our faith is exposed and people are able to see what's taking place through trials and tribulations, God is trying to squeeze our faith and bring out maybe some of the impurities, some of the things that God is trying to work out of our lives. When God allows certain situations into our life to take place, maybe it's God saying, hey, I'm trying to get your attention here. There's some stuff that I want to move out of your life so that I could benefit you, so that I can bless you, so that I can use you in certain areas and aspects of your life. But first, there's some things that got to get things that need to get out of the way first. The squeezing of our faith brings out, get this, brings out what God sees daily. The things that we want to keep hidden, the things that we don't want to expose here today, God sees that every single day already. Who are we hiding? What are we trying to do when we hide these things? God sees where we lack our faith. God sees where we doubt him. And God is trying to bring these things up. Why? So he can better us in these things. God sees our hearts. God sees our, uh, our thoughts. James Continues verse 4, it says, So do not try to get out of anything prematurely. <sighs> Lord's speaking to me here. Because when I start to go through something, I'm like, I got it, Lord. Good to go. Let's, let's, let's hit the, 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 the fast forward button. Let's get through this as fast as we can. That, that's what I want to do. Have any, have any of you ever gone to like Universal and they have those little... What are the little escalators, but they don't go up. They're, they're like moving stations. I don't know what they're called. Moving, okay. Very technical. They're moving sidewalks, all right? So they got these moving sidewalks. And for me, I'm like, why is people just walking normal speed? I'm like, no, you hit those things. But what bothers me is when people get on those things and they just stand. I'm like, no, you hit that. And then you put an extra little pep in your step and you move and like, you're going. You're, you're moving. You're Okay, that's just me. It's just me. I want to get through it a lot faster. I don't want to just sit and relax. No, I want to get through this a lot quicker. And that's how I am when trials, tribulations, things come into my life. I want to get through it as quickly as possible. And when we do that, we do, do, we do a disservice to what God is trying to work out in our lives. Don't rush the things that God is trying to work through you in your life. He goes on to say, let it do its work so that you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. That word deficient means lacking a necessary quality or element. So I want to ask you this. What necessary quality in your faith are you missing? What necessary, necessary elements are you missing in your faith? If you find yourself being tested, ask yourself, what is it that you're missing in your faith? Because I believe that God is trying to work things through us. In my own personal life, when I was probably in my early, my early 20s, actually, no, I would have been my early teens, um, I remember going to church. I remember kind of, you know, just doing your everyday life. You go to church, you 
interact with people and then you see those people and you're like, hey, I know you type scenarios. And I remember looking at people in the church and, and, and some people I kind of put a respect factor on and, and maybe even admiration. And I'm looking at these individuals. I'm like, you know what? That's what it is to live in the faith. But then something happened where I start seeing these individuals outside of the circles of church and I no longer see them in church but yet now I see them living a life that is opposite of what God would have us live and basically what they've done was they've walked away from the faith and I remember looking at that and and, and it just really hurting my heart and thinking man these these people who were once passionate about God who were faithful of doing the things of God and in the service of God now they are nowhere serving at all for God whatsoever and I remember looking at that thinking man Man, I will never be like that. I will never be an individual that serves God one moment and then turns my back on God the next. And I remember, and I think I even said it out loud to a group of people who were sitting with me. I said, I will never walk away from the faith. I will never turn my back on God. And like Peter, when Jesus said, you're going to deny me. And Peter said, no, God, I will never deny you. I meant it. But then on December 21st, 2001, I received the worst news of my life. My dad had unexpectedly died. And the life forth, the faith life that was in me was now exposed for me to see truly for the first time. And I was able to see something I've never seen before. My faith was just like a standard generic faith. It was pretty shallow. It was pretty empty. I went to church. I did these things. Yeah, such and such. But my faith in God wasn't solid. And even though this, this, this traumatic experience was, was a big deal and, and, and everything like that, it rocked my faith. I was able to see then that my faith was not unshakable. I, find my, I started to find myself living the very thing that I said I would never do. I find myself in, in certain situations and areas in my life that I would never have thought I would have been in. And so what's crazy, though, is no matter what you do, once you know God, once you know the truth, you can't just turn that truth off. I couldn't just walk away from it. And what I love about this is God was faithful enough not to allow me to walk away from it. Because this is what would happen. I would be sitting in certain environments, in in certain situations, and I would find myself trying to be as far away from God as possible, basically saying, God, I am making a statement here and, and doing my own thing when God would start bringing people into my environment, my very unholy environment, and they would start talking about a very holy God. They would start talking about, hey, didn't you used to serve in church? Didn't you used to go to such and such church? Or maybe they would start talking to like some of the situations that were going on in their lives. And they would start sharing how they are in need of Jesus. And they would start just, I've never had this happen before as a, a minister. But people start sharing how they actually wanted to start going to church. And how they actually had a longing for something greater than themselves. But I find myself in this very secular uh, uh, surrounding. And and people are bringing, this is the thing. God is faithful 
to his calling. God is faithful to his people. Even though I tried to walk away, even though I was trying to flee God, God was still bringing people into my life saying, look, you may try to leave me. You try to forsake me, but I am not going to do that to you. I am here with you. And I repented. I sought guidance by godly individuals and leaders and only by the grace and the love of God that I'm able to stand here today. In life, we are going to face difficulties. We are going to face trials, threatening to shake our faith loose. But it's my prayer and it's my hope today that through the word, through this message, that we ourselves would take a bigger look, bigger, closer examination of our faith and build upon it the unshakable faith. And I want to look at the example of Joshua. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go ahead and open them to Joshua Chapter 10, verses 7 through 11. Now, I want us to kind of look at some of the unshakable faith that Joshua had. And and as we read these verses, I want us to apply some of these verses to help build that faith in us as well. I, I want to give a little recap before we step into verse 10 because there's a lot going on right there. But this is what it says about Joshua. Joshua left Egypt with Moses. They started to to go into the promised land. Joshua was one of the two with Caleb that gave a good report of the promised land. Joshua was titled as a faithful servant of Moses. Now Moses is is now died. Uh, Moses has led the Israelites through the wilderness now for 40 years. Joshua has been a faithful servant to that. Moses is now dead. God appoints Joshua to be the new leader of his people. The Israelites finally enter into the promised land. They cross over the Jordan River miraculously just uh, in, in a very similar way that God stopped the waters and split the waters for Moses and the Red Sea. They won a mighty victory with the walls of Jericho falling down. They experienced the effects of sin at the battle of Ai. Joshua gets bamboozled. He gets tricked by the Gibeonites. He made a, a bad decision to uh, make an, a, a treaty with the enemy of God, not realizing exactly who they were. And that's where we find ourselves in Joshua chapter 10. He had made a treaty with the Gibeonites, and now the surrounding communities are coming up against that group of people. And Joshua and the people and the Israelites are now facing a mighty enemy. And it's not just one army that they're facing. It's not just two. It's not three. But it's actually a total of five armies. It's a confederation of armies that are coming up against them. And we pick it up in chapter 7, verse, or excuse me, chapter 10, verse 7. It says, So Joshua went up from Gilgal. He and all the people of war with him and the mighty men of valor. And the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have given them into your hands. Not a man shall stand before you. Now Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who struck them with a great blow at Gibeon. And chased them by the way of the scent of Bethhorn, and struck them as far as Ezekah and Makeda. And as they fled before, the, before Israel, while they were going down the ascent of Bethhorn... The Lord threw large hailstones down at them from heaven on them as far as Ezekah, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstones than the swords, or the, excuse me, died of hailstones than the sons of Israel killed with the swords. 
Out of these three verses, I want us to pull three aspects that I believe helped Joshua build unshakable faith in his God. The first one is this. To build unshakable faith, we must build a relationship with the unshakable God. To build unshakable faith, we must build a relationship with the unshakable God. Verse number eight, it says this. Then the Lord said to Joshua, we'll stop right there. The Lord said to Joshua. Now, if you go through the book of Joshua, you'll see that this phrase, the Lord said to Joshua, is mentioned over 10 times in that one book. So this gives me an idea. This implies that there is a conversation between God and between Joshua. This wasn't the first time this happened. It wasn't just out of the blue that God just started speaking to Joshua. No, this is something that had been built over time. This was something that Joshua had developed. And we get a little bit of a glimpse in Exodus chapter 33, verse 11 at this. It said, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. This tent would have been the tent meeting. If you go back in your Bibles and you read when God wanted to speak to his people, he would directly speak to Moses. And, and the pillar of cloud would, would kind of hover over this tent. The presence of God would fall upon that place. And the conversation, just like what we read, would take place between Moses and God. And in that surrounding, the servant of Joshua would have been a part of that. And as Moses would have gone out of the tent to go relay the information to the rest of the people, the Spirit of God would stay upon that area. And it says instead of Joshua going and following and being the servants of Moses, that he would go and he would bask in the presence of God. Rather than go bask in the presence of man, Joshua would choose to serve and be in the presence of the Almighty God. And I know that when we say things like, prayer meetings and, and, and devotions and doing these different things. It's not something that we're like, hee you know, it's not something that really gets us going, gets us really excited. But this is the thing. We neglect the opportunity of being in the presence of God when we push these things away. But yet we make time for everything else. We are missing out on the opportunity of being in the presence with God. And for some of us, it's just because we haven't built that relationship. Now, if you're married here and you've got your lovely spouse beside you, or what used to be your lovely spouse beside you, um, you know that when you started dating, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. My spouse is very lovely. I'm the non-lovely one in it. But as we, I'm going to get out of this. So as we started um, developing that relationship with our spouse, we, we were very intentional about this. I'm assuming none of you that are married got married by accident. You didn't just show up one day and be like, hey, I'm married, you know? So it was intentional. So the relationship process was intentional. You, you were intentional about going out and getting that person's information, right? Maybe, maybe you knew that they worked in a certain area, so you're intentional about going by that way a lot, you were very intentional to find out all the information, all their friends, getting as much knowledge on that person as you could. And if you were anything like me, when you started dating, you would get a phone number. And so you would get that phone number, you get that phone out, and you start beep, beep, beep. I'll be honest with you, when I first started dating, it was more like, dee, 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 
You know what I'm saying? You know, who's with me? You guys? And, and so the young people don't know about that. What are you talking about? You, you can't message them. You can't text them. You actually had to pick up the phone. You had to dial the number. You had to call. Not only did you have to call, you had to worry about who picked up that phone. Because sometimes it, instead of what I was expecting to hear a young lady on the phone, I hear, hello. And his daddy on the phone. I'm like, sorry, sir, I got the wrong number. You know, and you just put it down real quick. Or, you, or what, honestly for me, I'd be like, my best friend, Bobby, call this number. When she picks up, hand me the phone. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, we put ourselves through this thing. We are intentional about being in that relationship. Well, you know what, guys? We got to do the same thing. As we are intentional about finding our spouse, we got to be intentional about pursuing the things of God. If we want God to speak into our life, we got to open up the Bible and we got to spend time reading the Word of God. And not just read it so we can check it off and say, oh, I'm a good Christian. I read my Bible today. Not so you can keep your streak in your Bible app, whatever it is. But no, we read. Why? Because we want to touch the throne room of heaven. We want God to move in our life. That's why we open up the Word of God. That's why we allow Him to speak into our life. We have to be intentional. Too often, we give God the bare minimum, yet we expect God to do the extreme on our behalf. We do very little, but expect God to move mountains for us. That is not a fair relationship. John Piper said this, the reason we don't read the Bible is because we don't want to read the Bible. The reason we don't grow in our relationship with God, and I'm being transparent here, I've been here, is because we're too lazy to do those things because it's not a purpose for us in our lives. We gotta make it a purpose. Never underestimate the power of spending time with God. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says this, you will find me, or excuse me, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with your whole heart. God is saying, look, I, I'm not hiding from you. If you want me, I'm right here. Come seek after me. I am looking forward for this opportunity to be with you. To have unshakable faith, we must build a relationship with the unshakable God. Secondly, to build unshakable faith, we must know God's commandments aren't suggestions. We got to know what God commands isn't a suggestion. It's a command. And this is a thing, I think too many times, um, we take God's commands as suggestions. Um, verse 8, God commanded Joshua, do not fear them. Do not fear them. When we take God's commands as suggestions, I think what we do is, is, is ultimately look at them as restrictions in our lives. God says this because he wants to keep me from being happy. God's saying, I can't do these things because he wants to be in control. We think that God wants to, to, to keep from us good and great things when in fact God is trying to keep us from trouble. God is trying to keep us out from harm's way. So when we hear of commands like you shall have no other gods before me, that, you know, don't make any idols of your, in your life. That phone could be an idol. Your job could be an idol. That money could be an idol. Honor your mother and your father. Love your neighbor as yourself. That could be a hard one for some of us. Be holy as I am holy. These things aren't suggestions. God's not just throwing them out there saying, if you want it, pick it up, take it for yourself. You know, it's good to go. If not, uh, it's okay. God's no one saying, no, no, no. This is how you are to live your lives. And, and I feel like we, we think of God trying to 
to rope us down so that we can't enjoy the aspects of life when actually we need to look at God's commands more like a boundary in our lives. He is protecting us, keeping us from harm, keeping us going down the path that he would want us to go down. I, I envision or I liken this to when you go bowling, and if you're not a good bowler like me, um, and you put the little kitty bumpers up, the bumpers are not for kids. They're for everybody. If you want to enjoy bowling, put the bumpers up. Your score will, will double. I promise you that. And you put the bumpers up. Why? Because when you put the bumpers up, no matter where you go, you can get back and forth and it still keeps you going in the direction that you want to go. That's like God's commands in our lives. When we start following his commands, he's not trying to keep things from us. He's trying to bless us in those things. He's trying to keep us in the direction that he wants us to go. And I feel like that's why God is trying to tell Joshua time and time again, if you read the book, he says, be strong, be courageous, do not fear. He's trying to encourage Joshua, look, don't allow your eyes to get focused on this thing. Allow your focus to be on me. Don't allow all these things to get you off of the track. God knows that fear has the opportunity and the ability to cripple our faith. Unshakable faith does not mean that no one, uh, we no longer fear anymore. It just means we don't succumb to that fear anymore. Now our faith overshadows our fear. We no longer are, are held bound by these things. We no longer bow down to it. Unshakable faith silences fear. We go on to continue to read verse 8. It says, for I have given them into no man of them shall stand before you. This command, if you notice, is coupled with what? A promise. This command is coupled with a promise. It's, it's tied together. Look, Joshua, do not fear. I've already given you victory. No man will stand before you. Now, I don't know about you, but I feel like, God, if you start laying things out like that for me, Man, it's going to be easier for me to walk through this faith thing. It's a whole lot easier for me to go down in life and serve you. It's going to make it that much easier, God. Let's lay it out like you laid it out for Joshua, right? If we're honest with ourselves, that's probably where we're at. But this is the thing. God, check my heart as I, I read God's word. And I, does anybody else read God's word and have these conversations, right? And I'm, I'm having this conversation. I feel like God... Put this on my spirit. Deuteronomy 20 verse 4, it says, For the Lord your God is the one who goes before you to fight for you, to give you victory. It's already proclaimed that that, that promise is already there. Romans 8, 37, it goes on, says we are more than conquerors. And it has a whole list of things that we are more than conquerors for. But get this. What we do is we say, oh, I can't step out in faith because I don't know what's going to take place. I'm not sure what's going on. But God says, look, like Joshua, I've already given you the victory. All you have to do is proclaim it. All you have to do is go through the motion. Second, to build unshakable faith, we must know that God's commands are not suggestions. And the third one walks right into this. Building unshakable faith requires action. Verse 9, so Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. The image is this. The armies have come up against Joshua, the men of Joshua, the, the armies of God. And, and now this, this mighty army stands there and Joshua is over here and he's got to get to the battle 
But yet the, the battle has already been won for him. God's told him. Instead of Joshua just looking back, meeting with his officials, saying, hey, look, guys, I just had a word from God. We've already won victory. The battle's already ours. You know what? Let's go ahead and start celebrating now. No, what, is, what does he do? He gets with him. He rallies his troops, says, look, we are advancing tonight. We're going to move towards the battlefield. We are going to step these things into action. We're going to start moving. Joshua did not sit back passively to watch God work without his participation. You know what we like to do sometimes? We say, God, this is what I need. Go do it. And there's no participation on our side. That is not a relationship. God often waits to see our initiative, our willingness to partner up with him before he does only what he can do. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refused to worship the golden image before God met them in the fire. It goes on as Daniel continued praying long before he ever knew God would send an angel to close the mouths of lions. The lepers, those who were sick with leprosy in the New Testament, were healed on their way to present themselves to the priests at the temple. It's when their faith started being put into action that these things started to take place. This is not the idea that God helps those who help themselves. This is the idea that God wants to draw his people into partnership with him. God is looking for people who will say, like the prophet Isaiah, who shall we send? And Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. God is not wanting just to do these things alone. He is wanting to partner up with the creation. God Almighty partners up with the creation to do incredible things. Second Corinthians 5 it says, we walk by faith, not by sight. That word walk means action. It shows action. It means we have to step out and do. We can no longer be content with sitting back and doing business with as normal. We can't just rely on past victories in our lives. We can't be paralyzed by past defeats in our lives. We are to move forward in our faith. With Joshua's faith in action, he was able to say to the son, get this, son, stand still. And it obeyed. Not because of the power in Joshua, but it was the faith through Joshua to the Almighty God. Once we set our faith in action, it's then that we can watch God provide in our own lives. To build unshakable faith requires action. I didn't share this in the first service because, honestly, my mom was in the first service. But as I shared, in 2001, my world was rocked far beyond I ever imagined. Almost two years ago, I got a similar phone call. August 7th, 2020. They found my brother non-responsive in his apartment. And it just instantly brought me back to where I was in 2001. But there was one big difference. God had already brought me through certain things that only he could bring me through. And now because of that, because of those trials, those tribulations, I was able to stand on unshakable ground. And I was able to be that source of strength for my mother, for my sisters, and for the rest of my family. Get this, Joshua chapter 24, this is what it says at the end of Joshua's life. Now it came to pass after these things 
that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servants of the Lord, died being 110 years old. Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and the elders who outlived him. Joshua's faith had such an impact on the people that they served faithfully his whole life and the, re- the remaining life of everybody else that was before him and alongside him. Joshua's faith changed and influenced a generation. When my time comes, I, I want my children to say, because of my father's faith, because of his unshakable faith, I know that I too can step out and do and walk a faith that only God can come alongside and walk with me with. Because of my unshakable faith, I want my grandkids one day, little, little Thorn and little Carlos. If you want to know the backstory on those names, get me later. But I want little Thorn and little Carlos one day to be like, you know what? I've heard stories of the faith of my grandfather. And I want to be just like him. I want to walk out in faith. I want my faith to transform the generation that's going to come after me. Thanks for listening to the Destiny Community Church Podcast. To learn more about DCC, including our service times and location, visit us at destinycommunitychurch.org.